What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Coming to America. Yeah, we're going to talk about it, y'all. Coming to America 2 dropped, and we are so excited because it's been like an amazing, amazing, amazing movie that many of us have grown up with. It's been a part of the culture. Um, everything from sexual chocolate, you know, or Randy Watson, right? <laughs> it's so much that we've grown up and loving on Coming to America. So Coming to America 2 was super highly anticipated. And I really feel that in this episode, we're going to just do a recap of kind of go through some of the things that we saw, that we experienced, we like, or we maybe didn't like, all that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff. And the, the cool thing about Coming to America 2 is that I feel like it still created a buzz even though we watched it in the pandemic, right? I think the, 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 the messed up part about it is, especially in our culture, like, when you go to a big movie, like people are dressing the part, people are excited, people taking pictures, people going with their friends, the energy of the theater is there. So you got people laughing, you know, next to you, behind you, you know, you got people uh, saying comments like, go ahead, girl, I see you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, y'all know the theaters we, we go to with certain movies, you know what I mean? We got to have that full experience. So it's like going to a family reunion almost, or folk, folks you don't know, but you know. Now you know, you get it? <laughs> so I feel like, it, you know, that was missing um, with Coming to America too. But I feel like sequels are always graded on a level of expectation many times that, that is unfair, right? So I feel a lot of times we, we grade these sequels. We say we have this these over-the-moon expectations where the first movie was the element of surprise. The first movie that we didn't know what to expect we didn't know how good it was going to be. We watched it. We absorbed it. All the characters we f we fell in love with for the first time. So it was so natural and so, you know, unique for us. But now a sequel is like, a, a you know, a sweet potato pie. It still may be good, but you always remember your grandma's sweet potato pie when you first tasted it, right? And you're like, I think I need a little cinnamon, right? <laughs> you know, those kind of things I think um, are just something, um, you know, that we just, I don't know, like it, it's part it's part of like what we expect from a sequel so there there are a lot of sequels and i won't get into all of that today but they're you know rival or at least will make you think and say huh you know that which one was better i feel like if, if a sequel you have to ask that question or consider it even for a few seconds it's a quality sequel this movie i felt like on its own when you think about the climate of the time when you think about this movie was done with 30 years later I mean, that's a lot, <laughs> you know, I mean, a, a lot, lot, I mean, to, to experience and to go through when you're having those same characters now try to be funny, um, try to be real and authentic, you know, several decades later, you know, so I think we have to take that into consideration when you're talking about coming to America too. But I just want to just like shout out to um, Eddie Murphy, you know, for putting this out for us to see it, to laugh, to experience it, to enjoy it. And I want to just kind of unpack the film with you for, for a little while. And just leave in the comments. Definitely subscribe. Let me hear what, how, what you think. Maybe something I missed. Maybe something that you want to, like, point out that, wow, you agree with. Uh, maybe something I, I just, I, you know, I, I didn't unpack the right way. Hey, leave in the comments. Let me know what you, what you feel, what you, what, you, what you like, all that good stuff. And let's go ahead and jump on in. So, of course, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, and, you watch, and you're listening to this, come on now, you, you know, come on. You need to go ahead and watch it and, go, and come circle back to your boy. 
But listen, I think the first part of it was, I think this coming to America, if I could kind of like encapsulate it, was like Black Panther meets Hamilton meets Lion King, <laughs> right? I know that sounds crazy and y'all like, what? But I thought it had so many different elements of that. You know, the, the music and the kind of the hip hop vibe of a Hamilton with the Black Panther, um, the daughters who were fierce, showing black women who could fight, who had them hands, you know what I mean? <laughs> and those kind of elements and, and, and just like how uh, beautiful and smart they were um, from that Black Panther movie that we saw. And I think it just had like that Lion King because it had that really weird looking dude who was like, you know, in those scenes and you just want to look at him. I think that was, I think, I believe it was played by Arsenio Hall, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, he was the Lion King. He was that dude who was like, look at the stars, you know, uh, you know, symbols coming home or something, you know, like he was, he was that guy. <laughs> so it had a lot of different elements, but my probably personal favorite part of the movie, I'm not going to hold you. There's a lot of good, good stuff to unpack here, but the funeral, let me tell you right now, there is nothing blacker than planning your own funeral and attending. James Earl Jones, <laughs> let me say, the king, he was like, look, I'm not going to hold you, bro. I need to plan my funeral, and I need to be there, right? <laughs> and the thing about the funeral was that it was the dream funeral. Like, who better to eulogize the voiceover king, which is James Earl Jones, then the man he passed the torch over to, the GOAT, the new GOAT of voiceover, Morgan Freeman. If Morgan Freeman is eulogizing you, you've won. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Morgan Freeman, like, we've seen so many films with just Morgan Freeman's voice. And, and we know, like, you know, and it, just, and, it, and it just, like, makes you feel better, right? When Morgan Freeman was like, and here's a song for the king, and we would like in Vogue comes out. We haven't seen when we when was the last time you seen in Vogue perform? I'll wait. Take a minute. Take a take a time. We haven't seen in Vogue perform since I don't know when, right? We know they've had their ups and downs and everything like that, but in Vogue has been a classic group that we've enjoyed growing up with, with songs like Never Gonna Get It and all that kind of stuff like that. And to see them come out and perform and saying what a king what a king what a mighty good king like that was so clever that was so funny it was so fresh and original I, I didn't see that coming i didn't see that coming you know what i mean and it made me ask like if i could have somebody like singing my funeral to make you hype or whatever like that like who would i have like who would you guys have at your funeral if you could attend it like you was like at the end right and you, and you could pick somebody to sing at your funeral like who would that be I don't know. It just made me think, you know, and all that. And then you get Salt and Pepper coming out. That just took it to a different level. You know, Salt and Pepper? Oh, push it? Push it real good? And they came out on the song of What a Mighty Good King and was rapping for the king. And he was like, okay. James Earl Jones was like, I'm a bop with you. I ain't going to hold you. I'm a bop with you. You know, like that was such a fun, fun funeral, which it made something that was so sad, such a celebration of his life, right? And I think that was just so unique, the way that the film unpacked that and, you know, and like showed us that. I thought that was beautiful. Right. And and then you have Morgan Freeman <laughs> talking about <laughs> like after you die, nothing. Because, you know, if anybody knows an older person in your family, right, <laughs> they like, listen, after I pass, y'all ain't going to know how to cook none of this food. 
You know what I mean? I everything's gonna go. You know, like that's like it, it encapsulated like what we probably have heard. You know, from generations just. Listening to some of the older people, you know, they like, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. You know, I, I watch all kids. I do this for you. I don't know. What else, what else could I could have do? What else could Nana do? You know, <laughs> so I thought, thought that was really funny. Um, the Morgan Freeman's, you know, eulogy there. But to cap the funeral off, somebody to say Gladys. Listen, Gladys Knight. Let's give it up. Gladys Knight. Went from rocking versus with Patti LaBelle, right? Y'all remember that night with Versus and, and, and Gladys was just rocking with her, singing all her songs and everything, you know, it, you know that, we, that we remembered and some songs we didn't remember, right? But she was just rocking it. Patti LaBelle was changing shoes every five minutes, um, you know. <laughs> and we haven't seen Gladys since then. So to be able to see Gladys perform at, at, at the King's funeral and she goes, the midnight train to to Zamunda what I'm leaving and let me tell you this is when again the blackest thing you could ever do right because the, <laughs> when the king was like yo I'm leaving <laughs> look I can't talk I got my girl Gladys singing for me you know what I mean <laughs> like I mean literally I can die now because Gladys is telling me I can go right and I, it made me think like who would who would you want to hear from? If your last moments of your life and you had a, somebody could sing you a song and sing you to sleep, who would you want to hear from? Me, me personally, I think it might be her. I'm not going to hold you. Her voice is, is butter on toast, and I would probably just be like, I can go now. Yeah, I'm just going to go rest in Jesus. Like You know what I mean? <laughs> like I just think that that was just a, such a, 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 a moment, and then having her backup singers when like, why are we doing this? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff, but... Shout out to Gladys Knight. Um, she is a living legend, and we just love her so much. Um, so I thought the funeral was just like, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought maybe they could do it a little later in the film, but maybe early was good. You know, it showed, like, so many funny elements. And like I said, to be able to laugh and to, like, be hype and fu fun and, and that kind of stuff at a funeral, like, it's something that we normally don't see because a lot of funerals can be very somber and and all that kind of stuff. So I, it was just like a really refreshing thing to see th three artists, Gladys Knight, Salt and Pepper, in Vogue, who we don't normally see and who we all love. Like we, they're beloved uh, within the culture. So shout out to the funeral. That was like probably my favorite scene of the movie. Next up, I feel like the scene um, that like really had some impact was with like Wesley Snipes uh, character, you know, who played uh, General Izzy, right? Wesley Snipes, I don't know if y'all know, he's a very talented actor. I feel like sometimes we see him in certain action movies and we get, you know, we typecast him. But Wesley Snipes has like acting chops. Like he can really act. And he really became that character. You know, I think the cool thing like with, with General Izzy, like he was like the HBCU band leader. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Anybody know Howard, FAMU, Southern? Like you, like you know what I mean? Like these amazing bands, these battle of the bands. Like no, that's the band leader. He came in this there, like you just, uh, we gonna do this, right? <laughs> and I think that was like really cool. Um, so he mixed like the band leader with like a military general. Like what? Like who does that? Um, and he was entertaining. Um, he was trying to scheme to overthrow Zumunda, Zumunda yet he wasn't like too threatening. Like you actually laughed and you were amused by him. You know, I think that was kind of like an interesting take on it um, because he played the villain in the movie, 
but he was a villain that you made you laugh and amused you in a in a weird way, right? So I think Wesley Snipes to me was like probably one of the the best new characters that they introduced um, in the film, uh, and just like going you know going down the list of the new characters that I really really thought really made an impact and I really love, like he's definitely up there. I also like. Let me get her name right. No, Nom Zamo Mubatha, who played Mir Mirabim, right? She is fine. She is charming, encouraging, courageous, supportive, and she can give you a dope haircut. Let me tell you, ladies, look, a lot of y'all talking about, you know, men talking about they want a woman who can cook. Listen, if you can, if you are like supportive, you fine, you doing that, you encouraging. But you can you can you can cut me up. You can give me a nice little fade with an edge up. Who can do that? <laughs> like, like she wanted. She lost me at one point when she said that Beauty Shot was her favorite movie. But then she regained it when she said she wants to open up her own business. And women in uh, Zamunda were not able to be business owners. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm back on you, your team, because your movie, you know, you know, what I mean, she, I don't know, they, she might not have saw like Love and Basketball in them, you know, she didn't, she didn't see all those uh, other movies that were way better, right? But I just thought that she was like a, a like a, like a, a, a low key like rising star of the film, and I look forward to seeing more of her work because I thought she was really good in her in her role. She like held it down. She was encouraged into this this guy who really was down on his luck and trying to figure out a lot of different things as he's just been reunited with his father. But she gave him his own voice. And I love that because I feel like you don't always find that with a woman um, who just like, or a man, you know, who, who who like really empowers you to have your own voice and be like, look, I know this is tradition, but like, yo, be the best of you. Like, I believe in you. And I think that was just a beautiful part of the film. So she's my second favorite uh, character um, from the movie. Um, next up, I'm gonna go with um, Tiana Taylor, right? Tiana Taylor, who played Boto, right? So she actually, let me let's, let, let me just have a minute minute to pause. I'm gonna talk to my fellas for a second. Tiana Taylor has the best body in the game. Okay, I don't know who her trainer is. I think she should be training the trainers because I Tiana Taylor, she is killing it. She is killing the game, right? She she is the body MVP. I, I mean, I don't know. And she was just so mesmerizing um, in this role. I think that, you know, like just her dance and the way she danced and her little, you know, you know, they recreated the print song and that kind of stuff. That was kind of cool. Like, I just think that Tiana Taylor, like, I mean, when she comes in and she does her dance and just her level of like sensuality, the way she looks and stuff, it like it just takes over the screen. So. I'm going to tell you, Amon Shumpert, her husband, he ain't really been playing NBA basketball that well since, you know, for a minute. But he like, man, I, look, I wait, I'm the MVP. I got Tiana Taylor, bro. Look, I, don't, <laughs> I got Tiana Taylor and millions in the bank. I ain't tripping off y'all. <laughs> look, I don't care if I, if I average 0 0.7 points a game. Like, <laughs> I won the game, you know. So I just thought that was really cool. Um, Tiana Taylor was actually, you know, a new addition to the, the, the Coming to America franchise. Um, Leslie Jones as Mary, right? A lot of y'all have heard feedback saying y'all thought she was extremely funny. Um, Leslie Jones, who we know her from Saturday Night Live, like she really did a great job. And like in so many ways, we couldn't believe that like Eddie Murphy, like <laughs> his character, like was with her like back in the day. We were like, how did that happen? But the way that they described it, um, the way that Semi was just being Semi, um, Arsenio's character, like you know, who set the whole thing up. 
you know, that was kind of funny to like have a flashback. And I love how the movie did that, where a flashback and it would show you like just different things that, you know, that they saw, they uncovered um, as, as the movie went along. Like, you know, it's a flashback of what coming to America was and now what it is. Um, for those of, uh, you know, who, who didn't really know or who, did, who, who don't remember some of those scenes, I thought that was really great because I, I, mean, I watched Coming to America 1 the night before Coming to America 2 just to refresh myself. And I had some stuff I was like, I don't remember that, you know. And I've seen the movie, you know, so many times. So it was just really cool to see Leslie Jones, you know, in that role, you know. <laughs> well, I think one of my favorite scenes with her and the queen um, where they were just doing the Humpty dance. They was a little tipsy at the bar. That was kind of funny. Um, to seeing them like come together, how embracive <laughs> she was just embracing the queen. And the queen was looking like uncomfortable, like, girl, I don't even know you, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And the nice, they did a little twist for the ladies when the man, man in the bathtub and that kind of stuff. And who was bathing her, like, you know, kind of shifting the, 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 the patriarchal society, if you will, um, of having a woman in a power position and, and he's bathing her. Right. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and I just think that. The bather thing, like you've made it. I'm gonna say like this right now. You've made it. If you have private bathers that just bathing you every day and just that's their job, like you've made it. You know what I mean? Like I don't care about your private plane and um, you, you know your designer clothes. What about a bather? You have you have bathers. Like you know what I mean? That's when you really made it. That's when you really have gotten to the the, the essence of everything. You you don't even know what soap you're using anymore. They, you know they got that covered for you. You know what I mean? The shampoo, conditioner, they got it all for you. You know. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool to see Leslie Jones' character, um, and then Tracy Morgan as Uncle Ring was the perfect uncle from the streets. Right? Everybody usually has somebody in their family or somebody you know you know that you know in your family who's from the streets and who's always trying to give you that like street talk like nah this is how you do it playboy you want to do it like this you, you got to go flip this and you be like what what's he talking about right so it's always like that that uh the ghetto uncle right so i think that he was really good in the role tracy morgan um shout out to him i think that <laughs> he added some different flavor um and it, it really like on a lighter note um it actually um made sense because i feel like a lot of young black men especially um, may have not had their fathers in their lives, but they've had uncles, you know, who've overtaken that role of black women and black men who've had uncles who stepped up or grandfathers who stepped up to that role to be instrumental. Like, I didn't raise this child, but I'm going to raise this child, right, uh, in the absence of them having a father. So I thought it playfully um, ha gave an impactful statement in the movie of something that we we deal with in our society and in our culture, Um and um, I thought that, that, you know, that was a really cool thing. Um, and then Kiki Lane as Mika, right? Breakout star. I know many of you guys saw her from um, Bill Street Can Talk. Um, and her storyline highlighted, you know, definitely like just women getting overlooked in our society. Um, and especially in certain cultures, like women are not, um, you know, able to do this or able to do that. And I've been, I'm smart. I'm talented. I've waited my turn. I've done everything the right, right way. And as a queen, like, you know, come on, I'm, I'm a black queen. Like, you know, she's a black princess, like, ready to take over, you know, um, and, you know, and, and Lee Zamunda as the heir to the throne. And I like how they just position that where they're like, you know, like she actually got that position, you know, where, you know, Akeem had a wake awakening, um, especially like, you know, talking to his father-in-law and, and things of that nature which is another scene I thought was really, really important because many times, you know, 
men or women who do not whose parent is deceased that in-law can like fill the gaps a lot of times of what you're going through you know in your relationship in your in life just able to bounce some ideas off of and kind of get that wisdom and i think that was really cool to like see that to experience that you know i really love that part um of the movie it was a really really powerful scene in that sense um so those are some of the things so some of the misses i felt like samuel l jackson should have been in the movie i felt like maybe he, he should have came into the church when um you know the the, the new heir to the throne and and his his, his uh, future wife was going to get married in the ghetto church with the with the with the with the old school pastor i thought samuel jackson came in right to try to hold up the church and then that's when the king comes in and he jacks him up again it was like boy you ain't no i i still got hands out here you know what i'm saying you ain't gonna come up here i'm protecting my son and them right i thought that would have been like a really like like funny scene um i think he was definitely missing in the movie i don't know why he didn't make it i don't know you know all these things contracts and all that kind of stuff he's a much bigger star now so maybe they just couldn't afford him anymore like samuel jackson has made more movies than anybody so i think that might have been um one of the things i think that kind of made it better um you know i think that them bringing sexual chocolate back um them bringing the, the barbershop guys back you know um i thought that was cool them bringing the girls who was rapping in the club back at the end. I thought that was cool. Um, I was, uh, personally, I was upset that DeVito, who I'm a fan of, didn't do my song, your number one all-time hit, Fall On You. You know, that was that would've been, I mean, I would've been in my, in my living room just like, mm, done talking. Like, I would've been like jamming with him. So DeVito, man, I mean, I know you want to do some new stuff and, you know, everybody knows that one, I guess. I, I wanted to I wanted to fall. So I was kind of disappointed on that. I ain't going to hold y'all. But I want to hear from you guys, like, what are some of the things that you thought coming to America maybe missed a mark on and some of the things you really, really enjoyed, some of the things you really, really like. Who were some of your favorite new characters that they introduced um, into the into the coming to America too? um you know and all that kind of stuff i thought that that was cool and i mean eddie murphy still look good man i don't know what his regimen is but i mean a long time later you know he still he still looks like you know he did like back in the day with the coming to america one so um you know shout out to eddie murphy um you know goat in this in this you know comedy making game uh for so many different so many different years so I don't know. Like, I know I've heard some feedback online that you guys thought coming to America too. Some of you guys felt like it missed a mark. It wasn't as funny. It wasn't as engaging. I don't know. I was entertained the whole time. I mean, there might have been some slow parts here and there, but overall, I thought they did an excellent job. Um, it just really bringing some new flavor, beautiful colors. Let's talk about the costume design. The costume design was amazing. You know, throughout the movie, it was just beautiful colors. To, to like highlight African culture and, and the beauty of the continent. Like I felt like that was like really, really cool to see, um, you know, in, in so many different ways. So I just felt like that, that was another thing that really highlighted. It was just like a colorful movie um, that you saw, you know, a lot of different things. Um, another miss I thought, and I'm a huge fan, Trevor Noah is my guy. Like Trevor Noah is that, is that guy, like, like I want to invite to the game night, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Trevor Noah is just cool. He's he's funny. He all he's really deep on certain things. He he just has to talk about like political things and just culture things and racial things. Like I just feel like you know 
it was his his role in this was kind of a nothing burger. It was kind of it kind of left a, a little bit to be empty to me because because of who I know Trevor Noah is and his ability. So I was like, I don't know. I just I don't know if it was the writing or they tried to do too much with his character. But I felt like Trevor Noah could have really been much better in this. Uh, maybe and maybe if they, if they positioned him in a different way, you know. So that was another thing I felt like from a new character standpoint. I didn't really it didn't really land to me. Um, but I think Trevor Noah is awesome. You know, shout out to him. The Daily Show, all he's done, stand-ups, I think are brilliant. Um, but I just feel like maybe he was underutilized or, or misutilized in this film. Um, but in closing, I just feel like Coming to America 2 did what it said it was going to do. It was, it was funny. It was entertaining. Like, those are the two things I think it did a really, really, really good job at. I think it is watchable again. Now, and, and being a guy from Prince George's County, the guy who played the heir to the throne, you know, a king's son in the movie, you know, he's from Prince George's County, right? Northwestern High School. Like, I, I grew up with people from Northwestern High School, so that was a cool thing, you know? Prince George's County, a.k.a. Pretty Girl County. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If, if, if you don't know, now you know, right? So I think that was a cool thing, too, just to have a local local guy in the film. Um, and, we, and we haven't probably really seen him in a lot, so hopefully that gives him an opportunity to have his breakout performance and continue to you know, do what he does best. But overall, I just felt like Coming to America 2 was exciting. And uh, hopefully you guys did. Definitely want to hear your comments. See how you liked it. Shout out to my Patreons. Y'all keep it going. Keep it rolling. We are, we are doing some really great things. Um, so if you are not part of the Patreon community, you're not a part of the Kickback crew, we want to enjoy, give you a just an invitation to come in and join us. You can go to patreon.com forward slash kickback conversations so that's all i have y'all hope y'all enjoy it we out peace